Hey everyone, this is the Professor Rick Del Santo of the PWZ Podcast. If you're interested in professional wrestling of the independent kind, the National Wrestling Alliance, and the United Wrestling Network, check us out on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to professional wrestling podcasts. Hey guys, Gremlins 2. I'm telling you, this movie <laughs> should write itself. The first one was a classic. This should be pretty straightforward. Basically, all we're doing is maintaining the integrity of the original picture. We want to do all the stuff with the water and the... Uh, can we help you? I'm sorry. Let me introduce myself. Hi, y'all. My name is Star Magic Jackson Jr. I'm the Hollywood sequel doctor. So studio just brings me in to oversee things when they about to drop a deuce. So that's why I'm here, but don't mind me. I'm just going to be over here. Y'all do your thing. It's your movie. Hello and welcome to Shocking Things. I'm John with Laura. Hello. And it's a new year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, since we did gremlins for a previous episode i said laura why don't we revisit gremlins 2 it's a new year and it's a new batch <laughs> this is gremlins 2 the new batch it was released on june 15th 1990 the tagline was here they grow again so, uh, Joe Dante uh, came back to direct this, the new batch. Uh, there's a different writer, not Christopher Columbus this time, Laura could tell. It's Charlie Haas, Charles Haas, and I'm familiar with some of his films, and they're all completely different. There's a film, the first Matt Dillon film called Over the Edge, he wrote that. He's a rebellious teen. Uh, Tron, you know that movie, Laura. So they're all completely different than the new batch. Uh, we had some of the uh, same cast members. Zach Galligan's back to play Billy. Phoebe Cates returns to play Kate. Uh, Key Luke is back to play. Uh, he was called Grandfather in the first film. Now they call him Mr. Wing. He has a name now, apparently. He's not mm -hmm. Grandfather anymore. <laughs> uh, Dick Miller, the uh, legendary character actor, is back as Mr. Futterman, which was very random. Uh, John Glover played Daniel Clamp. Uh, Glover appeared in some of the films uh, such as Scrooge, Batman and Robin. I know mostly from the TV series Smallville. Robert Prosky was Grandpa Fred. Uh, Prosky appeared in films such as Mrs. Doubtfire and Dead Man Walking. Robert Picardo played Forrester. 
Ricardo starred in uh, the Joe Dante film The Howling. He's best known as the holographic doctor from uh, the TV series Star Trek Voyager. Uh, legendary actor Christopher Lee is in it, which is very, very odd. He's Dr. Catheter. Uh, Haviland Morris played Marla. Uh, I didn't realize who this was until I looked this up. Did you ever see 16 Candles, Laura, that movie? Yes. The blonde girl in there, if you remember her at all? Uh, I would have to go She looks back. totally different because she has red hair in this movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she was Carolyn 16 Candles, totally different looking. Uh, Getty Watanabe played Mr. Katsuji. So this is a 16 Candles reunion. He was Long Duck Dong. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. In, uh, in that film. Uh, for voice actors, Howie Mandel is back to voice Gizmo. Uh, and Mark Dodson's back to do more uh, gremlin voices. And this was an odd pick. Tony Randall voiced the intelligent gremlin brain. Uh, Randall's best known for playing Felix Unger in the television series The Odd Couple. And there's a different special effects crew. Rick Baker led the special effects in this film. Uh, he worked tons of things like the, the original Star Wars and American Werewolf in London. That's probably where he got uh, most of his fame. Uh, effects guru Chris Wallace was busy directing. And the other uh, effects genius Rob Bottin was busy. So Rick Baker was given a call because uh, they knew he can handle such a huge undertaking. Uh, but Baker said he'll only do it if he's given creative freedom and allowed to create new gremlins. So Laura knows who to blame now, partially who to blame for uh, some of this film. Yeah. Uh, the opening for this film is very, very odd. Uh, the cartoon segment, Laura? Yeah, I had, we watched it twice because we had no idea <laughs> if it was a preview, if it was... A... Laura thought we were watching a wrong, the wrong movie. She goes, did you put the right movie in? This is on HBO Max. She thought they made a mistake or something. Yeah, I don't know what that was. You see the, the Warner Brothers logo with uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck fighting in front of it. Um, Daffy says he's tired of Bugs running the show. And then Daffy gets stuck in the logo. And there's extra footage. This is supposed to even run longer. Oh, wow. And <laughs> so thankfully they cut that short because it's really, really odd to, like watching this. And uh, Dante said he purposely wanted that to set up the chaotic feel of the movie. Just have it right off the bat, just be strange. No, like it, that. it wasn't chaotic. I was thoroughly confused. I had to waste time <laughs> and watch it twice. And it was already entirely too long. The goofiness in it saved it a little bit, but it didn't. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, it shows, uh, so now, uh, this chaotic. Yes, no, I'm yes. Sorry. I'm still stuck. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the reasoning behind it. So, so now we're in, uh, back to Chinatown now, and it has a shot first to see of New York City. Apparently, that's footage that they reuse from Superman when they show, like, actual the, the skyscrapers. Interesting. Yeah, to save as a cost cutting feature, Warner Brothers used. Um, then we see Mr. Wing in his shop again. And then we're introduced to Mr. Forrester. He's the assistant to Mr. Clamp. And we're going to talk more about him later. So Mr. Forrester comes into the shop. He brings in a, an actual TV uh, with a videotape of Mr. Clamp talking, who's like a real estate and tech mogul. He's trying to buy Mr. Wing's shop. Mr. Wing turns Mr. Clamp. typical corporate takeover. Yes. And so then Mr. Wing turns him down. Then it says six weeks later. And then... Uh, the Clamp Cable Network buys the land where Mr. Wing's shop is after he passed away. And then Little Gizmo uh, 
he runs out of the shop because a bulldozer is knocking it down. Did you like seeing little Gizmo run? Oh, he's. Oh, I'm not gonna say how cute he is because I said it 500 times, but he is. Yeah. So I guess for this, they used a combination of like puppetry and blue screen to make it look because they they didn't have the uh, the technology at the time to really. If you notice, and they were, he couldn't really walk. You just see like parts of him of Gizmo. If well, you notice, yeah. you don't actually see him walking. So this one, they actually. Yeah, John. Maybe because he's not real. Yeah, I thought he was. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, then we see uh, a man just scoop up Gizmo and runs away. And then we'll see later uh, he has a twin brother later in the film. No. And what is... Wait, what did he say? Something about being in the city. if you want to see something weird, go downtown. Yes. So he wasn't lying. <laughs> if you've been to New York City, it, you definitely yeah, know. Yeah, like the whole setup of New York City was so accurate. They had like all the rude people pushing you. <laughs> so yeah, so that definitely... That was a good start. And then we see, yeah, Billy and Kate, they're walking into, they're both uh, employees of the, uh, for Clamp, the Clamp Cable Building, they both work, and so they left Kingston Falls, where the original film was set, to start their new life in the big city, which, when we're all young, we all think it's a great idea, right, Laura, to, to work in the big city, it yeah. all sounds great. Um, and then the ridiculousness uh, happens where you see when they're going to the building, there's a revolving door going around and it's like spinning yeah, around. Oh, I always hated those. Like, I'm still afraid to go through those. <laughs> yeah, so this guy, it's going 100 miles an hour. And that's my fear. <laughs> 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 or, or that I'd get stuck. All right. So then I watch this again, Laura. After uh, you watch it, we watch it together. Watch it another time. So then, uh, so we see them going through and the clamp employee is giving a tour of the building and it shows her selling a clamp book for 1995 the end of this tour and you know that's the sister of daryl hannah that's giving the tour so just so that's nice to me. <laughs> yeah. and of course they have a gift shop like it's disney world or something it's you know it's like a bunch of different things yeah it's like that yeah at the end of the tour they sell you something now the more now they never actually state this in, any, in the commentary or any of the things I look at. Joe Dante never actually says this, but the more I look into it, it's more of when you look at the book, it looks like the, the Trump book, and it's like uh, Trump Tower. It's like a combination of Donald Trump and Ted Turner okay. from CNN. But the more, and I'll explain more, you watch it. Yeah. If you, but you have to, what, there's so much happening when you first see this, it's hard to take in everything. But yeah, I agree. It's definitely chaotic, as yes. they put it. So, um, another interesting thing. Now, when they walk in the lobby and you see everything, it looks impressive. Do you agree, Laura? Yeah. Where it looks it filmed. Okay. No, it's filmed. This isn't an actual building, the inside. This is all on the stage of Warner Brothers. They built this entire office, everything. Yeah, you can't tell because it's, it looks so high. It lo it yeah, so yeah. And they had to build uh, some of the, uh, the things up higher because there's puppets, so some of the desks have to be higher. But everything looks like you're in a real office building, a whole like, you know, yeah. actual news station. The only thing that they couldn't get are escalators. If you notice, there's only stairs. They have a real elevator at certain points. There's real, but no escalators because they had to import them from Germany. That's really impressive. Yeah, if you look at it, it right? I mean, what, it looks, do you know what the budget was? Uh, I have to look. It might be fifty million, I think. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, they spent a lot of money on this. Yeah, they should have saved it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like a good idea at the time, right? So then. Uh, so we see Billy, they, they split up now. Billy goes to his cubicle. He's like a designer artist for Clamp. And then Mr. Forrester comes in. 
Uh, and he's getting mad at Billy. He has a poster of Kingston Falls in there, a potted plant. He says these things aren't allowed uh, in the cubicle. And then Marla, who's basically, I guess you could say it's Billy's immediate boss, is introduced as well. I think she was a very memorable character. Yeah, her voice, everything about her is... Uh, I liked her, even though she's not supposed to be likable. Just yeah. liked her. <laughs> And then uh, one of Laura's favorite scenes in the corporate setting is Mr. Forrester fires someone through a CCTV. He sees a guy taking a smoke break, <laughs> an, an mm -hmm. author's break. He gets fired right off the bat for doing that. And uh, so then Kate showing her job. She's one of the tour guides, and she has to wear this ridiculous hat that has the Clint building on the hat. Did you notice that? And then no, you know why? Because it's so friggin' accurate. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's uh, what her job entails now. She's one of the tour guides. And then we're shown, and this is where the CNN part, Ted Turner part comes in. I'll, I'll explain it to you, Laura, when I did the research. So you'll see uh, they're in, uh, this is a character, uh, Grandpa Fred, who looks like Grandpa Munster. And this is actually based on, uh, Joe Dante did a tour of the CNN facilities, and he saw at the time Al Lewis had his own show as a horror host dressed like Grandpa Munster. Mm -hmm. So that's where he got that idea. So that's how you, you mix in the, the, the Turner Broadcasting and the, and the Trump Tower yeah, I, all in one. But, you but I still didn't get it. The whole movie I was like, wait, why is he... It's like, weird because what was a monster? Yeah, so yeah, so that's based on uh, Grandpa Monster, that yeah, character. Why? Because Joe Dante saw <laughs> no, that I, he had. I, I, I know, but why did he? I don't know. I don't know why it gets confusing. You see the corporate building, you. and then you see the TV studio all in one. It's it's weird. Yeah, it's it, it's confusing. That's why if you rewatch it, you're like, oh, I'm I'm starting to pick it up. But at first viewing, I think that's why the first time we saw it, we were ah, I'll never see it again because we. It was just kind of confusing and so much different than the first film. It was so, outlandish. So, and then, so they show as one of the films that he's showing is Octoman. And that's actually uh, like an Easter egg. Rick Baker, that's the first film he worked on. So that's why they had it on there on the screen for Grandpa Fred as one of the horror films that he shows at night. And then um, Billy talks to him and he has a, he's a little disgruntled for it because uh, he has a 3.30 a.m. time slot for his show, which is a pretty terrible time slot. And then Billy asks, why don't you play films like Frankenstein and Dracula? Now, this is the Ted Turner, the definite Ted Turner uh, you know, influence, you could say, for the character. He says, Mr. Clamp only likes color. So that's a dig at Ted Turner because he would colorize old films. And people were upset about that. Like to, you take okay. black and white films, just so I'm. So that's so that's part of it. So then we see another thing that's confusing is we have this lab inside this <laughs> inside this building called Splice of Life, right? This is where you're confused also. Yeah, it's all in the same building, and there's a delivery for Doctor Catheter, which is a good name. He has a package of malaria that came in. Then we see one of the twins that stole. Gizmo is there. They're, I know them most from uh, the roles in Terminator 2. So then we see Gizmo in the cage. And then uh, they show Dr. Cather what he can do, and they show a little Gizmo dancing to Fats Domino. <laughs> it was, that was a funny scene. So then the twins tell Dr. Cather that they've been doing tests on Gizmo, 
And then Dr. Cather says, uh, we'll have to cut him. <laughs> so then Gizmo looks very, very frightened when they explain they're going to do more tests on him. And then the delivery guy starts singing uh, Gizmo's trademark song, and then Billy hears it, and he asks him, you know, where'd you hear this? Because they're all, you have to, I guess that's the reason why, Laura, you have to have them all somehow in the same building together for Billy to hear this delivery man singing the song, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, we, but it makes under, no sense. we understand yeah. it later, but when it's happening, you're like, wait, yeah, it's wait still, are we in a research laboratory? It's, He's designing things? It's, yes, I know. Like, it's, what are we doing? It does make sense later. But yes, but it is very confusing. So he tells him, uh, you know, it's from that uh, splice of life. That's where you heard it. So then uh, Billy walks in there and he sees uh, a cage with Gizmo and he grabs him and leaves. Then he opens up some of the other uh, cages the animals are in as well, right? And so then we see uh, a toolbox Gizmo smuggled in. And then uh, he opens it up and we see a little Gizmo in there. And he has to hide him then in his desk now. So then Mr. Cable walks by Billy's desk and looks at his design. And Billy then agrees to go on a date with Marla. And I thought that was even like crazier. Like, you know you have Gizmo in your draw. Yeah. But you're going on a date. and leave. It's just, I had a lot of anxiety. Yeah, there's a lot going part. on in this. And then Marla wants to take him on a date um, because uh, we're at a... At a Canadian themed restaurant too, which is very very odd. But uh, yes, very very strange. So then uh, Kate has to take Gizmo home, and and Billy has to explain to her the rules again. So she has to grab him. So then uh, we hear an announcement for tonight on the Clam Classic Movie Channel. Casablanca with full color, a happier ending is played. <laughs> Did you hear that no. over the loudspeaker? No. Uh, another just another random thing. Uh, John Aston, uh, who's known for playing uh, Gomez Adams, is there as the janitor fixing a water fountain. And uh, this is how we have to set up how the water hits Gizmo, right, Laura? <laughs> so we see these new characters come out, these new Mogwais. And this is another thing I didn't realize. Two of them are, are uh, they're called George and Lenny. And they're based on the characters from the book and the film. This is really the film of Mice and Men. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? Nope. So, and if you look at one of them, it looks exactly like Edward G. Robinson, the actor. But it, it's funny now that I know that. And the crazy one you're talking about is called Daffy. That's the one that just acts really, really insane. He just, like, grabs Billy's paint, just starts smearing it all over the windows. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, then we have this new version of Stripe called Mohawk that, uh, that's also part of the, he's, like, the leader of the new batch. And then they push Gizmo into a vent and they lock him in there, which that was very mean, right? It was mean. And then um, one of Laura's favorite parts is when they go in the elevator. Oh, I, because if, oh, well, go ahead. It says, the, it says the, the elevator doors have opened. Oh, yeah. Please leave. Please leave. Because this is like, okay, I don't want to go too far, no, no, but if corporate could be like that they would be like that that's why i thought it was so funny because they so want to put that in there and this is another this is uh a nor no poor people are allowed in the clamp building please move your car from the parking garage it's old and dirty yes uh, those are the best parts. So, <laughs> Cracks up. It's, it's so 
So then, uh, so Marlon Billy go to that Canadian themed restaurant, which would this, I know New York has a lot of these themed restaurants. I don't know if a Canadian themed one would do really well there, but I guess if it's going to do well, it'd be in New York City. And then uh, Marla, her character, wants to climb the, the corporate ladder. Then she also wants, uh, she puts her, she rubs her foot on Billy's willy, right? She wants, oh, to, she wants to climb Mount Peltzer. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> and then, and at this, uh, this restaurant, it's just, what do they have? Like, I think she has like Jolt Cola too, as like part of their, which was a, a big staple back then. Yeah. So, uh, so then Kate grabs the wrong gremlin which is uh, Daffy, and uh, brings him. He's the one that was brought home, and uh, he's eating corn on the cob like a maniac. And then Billy comes home to this this mess. He explains to her, you, you got the wrong gremlin. And then all of a sudden, uh, the Futtermans appear at their house, their apartment. Yeah, like why would the neighbors come <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they were very close. And I thought Mr. Futterman was dead after the first film, too. But he's, he's alive now, right? Hollywood magic, he just appears yeah. again. So so they have to try and kick the Futtermans out because they have this new Mogwai Daffy there. And they say it's getting fumigated or, you know, they're making up these stories. So they, they leave. And uh, they leave to find Gizmo now. So then... This is the other thing that was confusing in this building. We also have a frozen yogurt stand. And we have... So they go back to the clamp building, and the gremlins just pop up out of, like, all the uh, the toppings, and they're, they're eating. This is... Uh, I believe it's probably based on the first film now, where uh, Lenny and George are putting... Uh, one's laying down, they're putting the frozen yogurt in his mouth. I think that's from the first film. They're uh, drinking beer oh, okay. at, the, at the bar. And what did I say to you that the, these gremlins, I was like, they're like off. I was like, you know, like the off brand of like cereal or something? <laughs> yeah, like the yeah, off yeah. brand of gremlins. Yeah. And you had explained to me that yeah, somebody else designed them. It it different, like, yeah, it was yep, it was a different special effects guy and he wanted to do things different. So that's the reason why they, they looked look different. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and this was back at the time frame, there was this big trend of... Um, frozen yogurt tcby was the big company back then the late mm -hmm. 80s early 90s so i think that's the reason why they had the frozen yogurt then that craze came back again like uh, in 2010 and that seemed to die i guess it comes every few years it comes back hot then it dies and it comes back so so uh so that there mayhem ensues and uh then the security guard uh, he asked billy what's in his bag when he enters the clamp building and then Mogwai nibbles on the, the guard's nose. Oh, on the nose. Yeah, and he says, can he, he can't eat after midnight. He goes, well, he just ate something. <laughs> so then we see uh, at the yogurt stand, so now there's this new batch of gremlins that are hatching, these uh, cocoons of slime. Then Gizmo, because he was trapped in the vent, he's walking around the ductwork, and he falls down to shoot. And then uh, they set up Billy and Kate buying these bright light uh, flashlights. They sell at the, the gift shop clamp building flashlights. Very convenient that they that they make such a thing. Then we hear the classic line Gizmo Kaka. We see uh, a gremlin arm uh, abduct Gizmo. So it's, it's <laughs> so here they grow again. Now you know why they use that as a tagline. So then uh, Marla is seen in the lobby caressing Billy's face, and uh, Kate's definitely not happy when she explains how they went out to dinner, and Billy 
forgot to, to mention that to her for some strange reason. And then uh, Billy sees Mr. Forrester, and he tells him it's imperative to get Gizmo back. And then Kate's seen doing a tour of the TV studio, and there's uh, one of Laura's favorite scenes, this cooking show segment. Right? And that's where we see that uh, Mr. Katsuji is there. He's a tourist uh, taking video with a camcorder. Then we go to a scene where Billy's in the control room with Mr. Forrester and the crew. They're making fun of the rules <laughs> of the uh, of the, the gremlins, the mogwai. Because what if they have a caraway seat stuck in his teeth or <laughs> flying across time oh, zones? it was so... Those are the only things, the little things that saved the movie. Like the cooking scenes and the... The comments uh, like that they made about the elevator parts, that part. Yeah. So yeah. So the so it's it's, <laughs> it's definitely satire, right? So oh, uh, they just made fun of themselves. Yeah. But sometimes, but but sometimes they went a little overboard. That's your only problem. They went a little but carried you can, away. You can joke about your movie, but at what point do you not think that anybody else should watch it either? Yeah. Like you're telling us it sucks. Yes. Yeah, so if you spend fifty million yeah, dollars on a budget. <laughs> So, all right. So um, then, when that scene happens, they're making fun of the the rules of the gremlins. The caraway scene. Yeah, yeah, and cross time zones. So then we have this gremlin out of nowhere attacking them. Uh, then we, as Billy, he uses that bright light souvenir to fend off the gremlin. So that worked. Then we go back to that cooking show segment, and the gremlins invade it. Uh, it's called microwave magic. Microwave with Marge. I'm sorry. Then. She's making this delicious uh, dish called tuna tuna noodle cheese product surprise. Okay, she reminded me of the lunch lady in Billy Madison. It might not be. Billy Madison. I Is know. that it? Uh, the sloppy Joe lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which movie was that? Yeah, yeah. It might be. It might be that. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So then we see the gremlins are they're taking over, and um, then the George uh, he sees a microwave. And he knows what to do with a microwave. He puts metal pans in it and turns it on, causing an explosion. And the sprinkler goes off and water goes all over, causing more gremlins. So this, they set that up right. Uh, then these, these are scenes that are very disturbing to Laura. Um, they start torturing Gizmo, these gremlins. And uh, there's the first one, the scene you see is uh, Gizmo stuck in a Xerox machine that they put him in. Does that mean or what? Yeah. He's trapped in there. Uh, then Kate goes into the elevator, and this is a very odd scene, and then it goes haywire with all the gremlins are meddling with it. And then we cut to Mr. Clamp in his office. Well, she definitely should have died. Like, the elevator oh, yeah. dropped. Yeah, yeah. So, was it the gremlins <laughs> crushed her fall? Yeah, because it shows them underneath it, the shot, if you see that. But yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that scene where it goes. So then we cut to uh, Mr. Clamp in his office, and then the gremlin throws a coffee pot at him. <laughs> Yeah, and I gotta stop brushing ahead. Oh yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> then the gremlin, you're getting excited because it's such a great film. Oh yeah. Then the then the the gremlin attacks Mr. Clamp, and it shows uh, Mr. Clamp struggling with him, and he actually has to. He's the puppeteer, the actor John Glover, when he shows him fighting close. So he's got his hand underneath the gremlin when they're actually fighting. Then uh, he pushes him in the, um, the paper shredder. So I thought that was a... Oh, yeah, green goo. Yeah, so he puts him in there, but, yeah, so he's the puppeteer during that. Then uh, Mr. Forrester and Billy explain the Clamp about the gremlin, the whole issue. They're they're taking over the building, so now Clamp's on top of this. And then uh, 
then this is the scene now we'll get more into the elevator so the gremlin's arms start ripping through the elevator well kate's stuck in there right i mean that was uh they're very strong these gremlins and then then he smashes down and like laura said breaks the fall of the gremlins and then kate luckily escapes yeah she was totally fine and this is another one of these ridiculous scenes because we're in the tv studio there's a tv segment with film reviewer and he's a real reviewer leonard malton it's called the movie police and in reality malton gave the original gremlins a bad review so he's doing a segment holding the vhs the, the re-release on vhs and uh, the gremlins take the revenge and kill him during this what's your opinion of this scene laura they're constantly just trashing themselves <laughs> Like, continuing with where you're going to, the next scene that you'll yeah. probably go to. All right. So then, uh, little Gizmo's getting tortured again. They're putting Velcro on him, ripping the Velcro off of him. Uh, and they're playing uh, the song from Faith No More, Surprise You're Dead, in the background. <laughs> Just Great. Very, very odd that they use that in the soundtrack. And then, uh, one of Laura's new. Uh, the new batch is a new gremlin Laura loves that's created in the lab. It's a vegetable gremlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our, our first. We'll see him again later, but that's the first time we see him. Then there's like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde gremlin appearing. Uh, and he turns into this intelligent gremlin uh, called Brain. That's the one. And he speaks perfect English. It's amazing how this happens, <laughs> right? It's absolutely amazing. Then we see a, a vampire gremlin come out. He has these wings, and he joins the crew. And this is a, a joke because Christopher Lee is there, and he's looking at him, and he played Dracula, so that's the joke. And then the intelligent uh, uh, gremlin, he's, a, it's, he's like putting a vaccine in them to make them impervious to light, it explains, but very briefly, right? It doesn't yeah. really go into it. Uh, and then the... Bat you can't explain insanity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very tough. <laughs> so uh, I don't think this movie's meant really to be taken too seriously either, right? But uh, so then this bat gremlin goes through the wall, and it makes a perfect bat Batman <laughs> shape, just like right. It, it's amazing. Uh, so I guess they figured, well, Batman was huge in '89 and 1990. It's still this is we're gonna still live off of this, right? The Batman fame. So now we see the gremlins are really, really taking over the clamp building. They're all over the place. Uh, then there's a salad bar in one of the restaurants there. And uh, the vegetable gremlin pops up out of the salad. And I noticed uh, the people getting it. I didn't notice until the second viewing. It's former football players turned actors. Dick, Dick Buckus and Bubba Smith are the ones trying to eat it. And these are big, huge guys. And they're like terrified of the little gremlin. Yeah. I think it's funny. And they run off. Uh, and the flasher gremlin is back from the first film. He's back in this one. He, the flasher he, gremlin. <laughs> and he exposes a gremlin penis again with that trench coat, opens it up to Kate. Poor Kate. Yeah, so then she gets uh, her revenge, kicking him uh, between the legs across the room. Now we see the bat gremlin again, and he attacks Mr. Futterman outside in the city. Mr. Futterman uses this cement mixer. That's outside when they're doing construction. Oh, this is the most ridiculous. And, and he puts it on the gremlin, uh, the gargoyle gremlin. Then the gremlin starts flapping its wings slowly, and it lands perfectly on a church to turn into a gargoyle. Yes. Perfectly. Just yes. symmetrical the way it lands. It was amazing. So uh, then 
Uh, now, what else do we see? Oh, another thing that confused Laura. We're watching the film, and all of a sudden, uh, you see like a flickering of the screen, and then the, the audio starts getting mashed up, and then um, the film, there's like a burn in the projector. You're watching it. So yeah, then, again, we're like, what the heck is going on? And this is the this is inspired by the film The Tingler. Did you know that this whole thing, uh, the Vincent Price film that we saw a long time ago? This was. Oh, did you know that? Oh no, but it makes sense now. So that's the inspiration for it. Then the Grems are shown doing shadow puppets in front of this, and they play an old nude film. <laughs> they want to see nudies, the Gremlins, and they had to censor it for this. And in the audience, Hulk Hogan of all people, is here. Yes. And he cuts a promo on the Gremlins for ruining the film that we're watching. I want to note, uh, so no, I did not see... So he breaks the fourth wall. Yes, right? yes. And the, and the lady yeah. comes out with her son, and she's like, this one is worse than the last movie. <laughs> yes, yeah, talking to the usher. That's what I mean. That's the whole movie, they did, they executed it wrong. In my opinion, it's, it's wrong. Okay. I could have had fun with it. Sorry. Go okay, ahead. no, no. So now, I did not see this in the theaters. Um... I was at a friend of mine's, you met him, uh, Anthony Plaza, going to his house in the 90s. Now it's pretty common for people to have like tons of physical media in your house. In the mid-90s, it wasn't normal to walk into someone's house and being like a video store, but his house was. And something came up with Gremlins, and he talked about Gremlins too. I'm like, I never saw it. He's like, oh, I'll let you borrow it. He goes, I just want to warn you, there's one scene missing in the VHS version. I just want to tell you. I'm like, okay. He goes, Hulk Hogan's in a, in a movie scene, and that whole scene's cut out. Now, I'm wondering if because for VHS release, it didn't, they figured it wouldn't have the same effect. Is that why they cut that whole scene out? I just I thought that was no interesting idea. to I know. Think just because it's stupid. Okay, so I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to bring that out. Um, so now the movie, uh, it resumes to normal now after that whole segment. Now we see Mr. Katsuji... Uh, he says he's a cameraman to Grandpa Fred, because who's looking for a, a cameraman? This is um, back in this time period. There's a much, much different world now. They would make fun of Asians in films uh, liking cameras, Asian tourists, and this was very common back then. Mm -hmm. Which is, yeah. So it's, it's a bad stereotype that they portray in this film. I just want to note that you don't see that anymore. So, just want to note that. And now we have Grandpa Fred. Now he wants to be like Walter Cronkite and be a, a news anchor now and just and have this cameraman with him and go around. So, he doesn't want to be uh, this horror host anymore. So, they're recording all this footage. Then we see Gizmo is getting tortured again. He's getting run over by a toy train that gets loose. And now he's getting mad now and, and he breaks free and gets out of this. So, uh, more Fred Dracula <laughs> is, uh, Grandpa Fred's doing more recording. Uh, Mr. Futterman is explaining to the police who the gremlins are. They think he's crazy. Then we have more good music. Uh, we have Angel of Death playing, uh, when we see a gremlin drink, uh, has on the, the vial a spider logo. So then we see the transformation in the shadow of uh, this gremlin turning turning into a spider. Mm -hmm. Then another one of Laura's favorites, a new creation. This electric gremlin now is created and somehow goes into the phone system. 
Uh, yeah, but that wasn't my favorite. Okay, well, we're, well, okay, so, okay, we'll keep going. So then, Billy, there's so many good ones to choose from. So then Billy wants Clamp to change the clocks in the building to trick the gremlins about the, the daylight. So then Gizmo is seen working out to get ready to fight the gremlins. Then we see Mr. Futterman going into the Clamp building to take out the gremlins. Uh, and then Billy gets hit in the head like a whack-a-mole. <laughs> and with a mallet and then gives him a scene again he's mimicking Rambo because he's watching Rambo earlier in the film so this is where he's getting these ideas from is the, the Rambo films and then uh, Grandpa Fred interviews the gremlin brain on his new talk show very very odd yeah that was like because we had time yeah. to find him and sit down <laughs> yeah. and have an interview yeah all this mayhem going let's, let's interview this gremlin so then Billy wakes up, and uh, this goofy gremlin now, with googly eyes, is a dentist now, and it makes a reference to the film Marathon Man, saying, is it safe, when he tries to drill Billy's teeth. This whole film is full of like all these different Easter eggs and references, and then Mr. Futterman comes in to save Billy. And now the spider gremlin really appears, and... Uh, Full, you can see the full view of him, and Rambo Gizmo saves the day, uh, shooting this fiery arrow at him as uh, the spider gremlin tries to attack Marlin Kate. And then during this, uh, we have uh, it's brought up as Lincoln's birthday, and then Kate says she has a very bad memory of that holiday. Oh, Another yeah, ridiculous scene. This. What did her mother make her peanut butter and jelly sandwich and that day? And they made fun of that, too. They were like, oh, well, we'll just move along. <laughs> yeah, they said we don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> a man that looked like Lincoln said hello to her when she was a kid. So, yeah, so they're, they're having fun with this. So then uh, the brain gremlin starts singing New York, New York to the crowd of all these gremlins. So then we see uh, this female gremlin. That's like a, a sex symbol now. <laughs> so, so all these other gremlins has makeup on. And this is apparently a, an homage to a Ginger Rogers film that's seen. That she, uh, she first appears in. And then these gremlins do a conga line out of nowhere. And then we can get to the Phantom of the Opera. I can't keep up. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is where we really see the Phantom of the Opera plays the organ. I think you're right. He, I think he got hit in the face at first, but now you actually see him playing the organ. Okay, well, yeah, you missed the part where he gets hit in the face and he puts the mask on and he was phantom of the opera gremlin yeah so now they show him in front of the organ he's really it's so it's so ridiculous so uh then mr futterman used a fire hose to spray all the gremlins and billy tells futterman to turn off the hose and for kate to hit the switch yeah this all set up for this electricity to zap the gremlins and one of them is wearing a witch's hat saying, I'm melting! Yeah. Another Wizard of Oz reference. <laughs> Clamp then makes Fred an anchor. After they all get killed, Clamp uh, makes Fred an anchor because uh, he, he thinks he's doing such a great job reporting everything. Then he becomes smitten with Marla now and makes her head of public relations. And then he sees uh, Billy's map that he has for Kingston Falls. And he asks him about it, and he says, oh, this is where you know, me and Kate are from. And he says, this is what I have to build. This is what people really want. And then, for the more unusual scenes, Forrester is seen mirroring the female gremlin. He has all lipstick prints all over his face. Mm -hmm. 
so no Laura, after all of this, uh, how many Mogwais do you give this film? No. No? What does no. that mean? <laughs> Zero. Zero Mogwais, really? Nothing. Well, what is it? Out of five or ten? Out of five. Out of five. I don't know. One. Okay. Only because, like, yeah, there was some funny stuff. I'm not going to say it was it was completely useless, but I think I've already stated it. When you make fun of yourself that much, you're you're telling the audience that. Don't take this film yeah, seriously, we, right? Not don't take it, but we suck and don't watch it. Like, that's how bad it was constantly. Like, you should have, like, an even approach of this is a serious film and we're going to make fun of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. I, I can see what you're saying. I Not that this is exactly the same, but after watching it, I said it's kind of like Escape from New York, where they completely made fun of themselves with Escape from L.A. Not completely the same, but similar in that in that regard. And I guess, yes, some people might love it, that the whole thing was just a ridiculous movie to watch. The problem is I enjoyed the first Gremlins, and I was hoping this would be more of the same. Mm -hmm. That's okay. I completely understand. So this movie was a flop, just to let you know. Wow. Well, no surprise um, there. This is a few reasons, in my opinion, why it's a flop. I was 10 in 1984 when Gremlins came out. So I was the right age when it came out. Loved it. This came out in 1990. I was 16 at the time. So I wasn't at the age where I would even care about seeing another Gremlins film. Too much time passed. I was older. I was seeing films like uh, Death Warrant. I, was, mm -hmm. I can tell you what came out. That Death Warrant with Van Damme, uh, Total Recall. You have the crazy. You have Total Recall. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Problem Child. It's one of our favorite comedies. Like, right, how Laura? do you remember that? So, uh, so, so this was something I had zero interest in. I only watched it because my friend Anthony kept pushing it on me. Yeah. He's like, "Well, you saw the first one. You're gonna like it." I think he thought I had the same opinion, but I'm like. At the time, I was looking for more, just like you, more of the first film. This was too different, and that's what kind of uh, it, it kind of ruined things for me. And I think Warner Brothers thought they could do whatever they want because their Batman films were such a hit. Maybe right. I don't know what the or mentality was. Or they wanted was. to try something different. Yeah, I don't know. But okay, go ahead. Give yeah. it your review because yeah. So, but. Um, so I'm going to give it, after watching it, the only reason why I'm going to give this a higher rating, because after re-watching it and researching it, I like it a lot more. But if you only see it once, you're probably going to give it a, a low score. I'm going to give it two and a half Mogwais. Oh. And Laura thinks I'm being too generous. No, I, every, everybody has an opinion. But, uh, but... But yeah, so I mean, but it was still. So I, I mean, said somebody might love this movie. Oh no, there are people who love it. That, there are. Like, I do. Like one of those cult films. It is. Yep. Like what's the one that we was it Troll Two or something? Yes, like? I love that movie. Yes, but that's a terrible movie. But you know it's terrible. But I think people know this movie's ridiculous, so they like it. Yeah. It, you know. But I like freaked out because after we watched this, I was like, seriously though, seriously, did they sit around the table? Okay. And were they just like? making up gremlins and we're just like throwing stuff at we each other we have to give credit like... to who sent us to it was uh john amenta who's going to be on the episode after this uh he has a podcast pint of comics when i told him that we're doing gremlins too he sent us uh, a link 
YouTube of Key and Peel, and Laura and saw when you, this. When you when I ever received that and watched that on my phone, I couldn't believe it because I literally had the same thoughts. I imagined people like throwing lunch all over the place, like, "Hey, let's do this." Hey, like having the most fun time of their whole life designing this movie. <laughs> do you agree? Well, that's what I said to you. And yeah. When I ever saw this clip of Key and Peel, yeah. I was done. Oh, it's so ridiculous, but uh, it's. <laughs> It's it's something else, but I'm going to put the link. You're going to hear some clips on on this episode too. I'm going to put the link on social media. Uh, but Laura, I had a fun time, even though you weren't crazy about this film. I had a fun time talking to you about it. Yes, me. Well, yeah. Uh, our next episode uh, is going to be John from Pipe the Comics. The question I asked John is, what year? What single year is your favorite year of all time where a film was made? And he has to pick a year and his top 10 of that year. So think about that. And uh, Laura, we're going to leave you with one thing. Do you think the Gremsters can stand up to the Hulkster brother? That's it. I don't even care anymore. We got the Hulkster in this bitch, so it's done. I don't have any more time. So let me just recap right now. It's Brainy Gremlin, Spider Gremlin, Bat Gremlin, Lady Gremlin, Googly Eye Gremlin, Electricity Gremlin, Hulk Hogan's gonna be in the picture. I'm gonna throw in a Gremlin myself. Vegetable Gremlin, just write it up. I'm having so Why much not? fun, thank you. It's all gonna be in the actual film. Now I gotta go put some Cowboys in Back to the Future 3. Sayonara, y'all. Oops. To see photos and links about each subject we discuss in each episode, please go to anchor.fm slash shocking things. That has all of our episodes and links to our social media, as well as a link to the Shocking Things store.